your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solom. All right, welcome to what day is today? Wednesday? Yeah, it's Wednesday. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Vicky Markison is going to join us. You haven't got enough of uh, the mayors. You got to put up with them for another 13 days. 13 days, and then you only have to put up with one of them. We'll see if it's Vicki Markson, who's on tonight in about nine minutes or so, depending how much of I ramble. And uh, she's going to join us for the re- most of the rest of the hour to see what kind of... So if you have you questions for Vicki Markson, mayoral candidate, she we talked a little bit, a couple minutes before the show, and she said if, if people have questions for me, she wants you to call. So 608-785-7914. She would love to hear from you. And uh, that way, and she said one of these things, just one of the, you know, like if we want to go down this aisle, like what improvements do you want to see from City Hall, from your government, from your mayor? That's, uh, you know, other, or any other question if, if you have uh, for her, 608-785-7914. And uh, we could see what other topics we can go down that haven't been hit. I don't, I don't know. It's... It's. Uh, I think we've hit every one of them. We had our debate yesterday, last night. I thought it was what it went well. Uh, I don't envy either of them putting just to, to to see the so to do the debates in Zoom is one thing. I'm sitting here in my little comfy studio, and I know there's a camera taped to this. Well, actually, it's not taped anymore. We got an official camera holder. Uh, it used to be scotch taped to the speaker in here. Super funny. But uh, there's a camera in here, and it's it's just over there. And I actually, you know what? I have the, I, I don't even see the video of me myself is right here, and I don't I don't even think about it anymore. But to to be put on a stage, and then the cameras on you, and there's lights beaming down, and I can't imagine that's you know the coolest, literal coolest thing. Uh, it's not something I want to ever do. <laughs> not going to be running for any sort of political. They're not going to be debating like that. Hey, you want to debate on Zoom? I'm all for it. Do you want to come to this thing and sit on this stage and put a camera in your face and have people ask you a bunch of questions about stuff uh, with a big spotlight on you and uh, so everyone could see? And then, like, HD cameras and everyone could see every bead of sweat coming down your... Is he sweating because he doesn't know the end? No, I'm just sweating because there's a big spotlight on me. Look, leave me alone. Uh, No, I don't want to do that. (laughs) I don't envy that, so... Um, and I don't. I wonder. You know, there's there's there have been plenty of debates, but I kind of wonder how many times they were put into that position. And and you know, it's got to be a little bit different uh, having it up in our sound lounge here at Midwest Family. And uh, but but I I thought the the techie guys did a great job uh, with everything. Not no hiccups. I, I not that I was amazed, but I'm like, well, at least I didn't screw up. So, uh, but yeah, that was awesome. It was such such a great job and I thought it went really well and uh there were some questions uh I thought we you, you know there's other you you get thinking about how the debate went and and you kind of go over you know is there a better way to do things and and obviously after the, however long we've been doing this uh some of the questions are going to be asked over and over again and I don't know if you can get over it I don't know if you can even get by it you know um, we were just talking before the, the fix the roads question. Like, do you not ask that question because it's, it's been everywhere? Or do you, because we have a different audience, should we ask that question again because, you know, they want to hear it? Uh, do we ask Vicki Markison tonight? Hey, what are you going to do to fix the roads? <laughs> uh, I, I, I joked about it yesterday a couple of different times, parking, fix the roads, because obviously those have been beaten down to death. And 
Um, and you know, but they're never going to go away though. Right. Like that's always going to be an issue. We could have paved, you know, pristine roads, right. We're still going to complain about them. Right. If we do, and if we don't complain about the roads, then we're going to complain about the parking. We don't, if we can't complain about the parking, then we're going to complain about the bump outs. And if we get rid of the bump outs, we're going to complain about the roundabouts. If we're going to get complaining, if we get rid of roundabouts, we're going to complain about the other roundabouts, what the turn traffic circles, uh, those, I mean, I love to complain about those, but, uh, and if we don't complain about that, then we're going to complain about, uh, cars <laughs> somehow. We're just going to speed limits. That's what we're going to complain about speed limits. That would be, that would be the next thing, right? That would be the, I mean, we have, right. We spent a whole week or two on Losey Boulevard. We, should we ask Vicky Marcus about changing the speed limit on Losey Boulevard? Uh, somebody on the show did bring that up one time and I thought it was a great point. We changed the speed limit on Losey Boulevard because giant semis were driving down it on the crappy road, right? Almost said the S road there. Uh, the crappy road. And uh, so they're ruining the foundations of houses there, right? Because it's right down the center of a like a suburb. And uh, sp- change the speed limit down to 25, which nobody goes. But we made the road better, right? So it's smooth. So now the semis aren't bouncing around going down Losey Boulevard anymore. Can we put the speed limit back up to 35? Because the road's nice again, but we haven't done that. So, Vicky, can we do that? If you're mayor, can we do that? Uh, we could see. I got some other funny things we could talk to her about. Uh, funny, and then just kind of like uh, you know some some experiences that maybe she's gone through that uh, that you know just to kind of get to know her as a person. So we could do all that stuff in uh, just a couple of minutes. Um, I don't know. So if you got questions, uh, feel free to. To text me, 608-785-7914. Main Street Guy, it's really mature. That your texts are so mature. I appreciate it. Uh, literally uh, did that. I literally did that. So, um, And Eric from Sparta, you don't have to call anymore. So feel free to hang up. All right, we'll be back with Vicki Markison after this. All right, welcome back to the Cross Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Vicki Markson's running for mayor. She's going to join us for the next, uh, just just right up until the end of the show. So if you have questions, 608-785-7914. I did get a question from Mike, but Mike, if you want to call in, I'll give you a couple minutes and call in. And if you don't, I'll ask your question. But Vicki, um, I did get a, how are you, by the way? How, how do you think the debate went yesterday? I think it went well. I I was immediately getting blasted with texts from uh, people and emails, and so it was. Um, I thought it went well. The, uh, I, I will tell you this: I, it, it's tough coming on to, into Mitch's turf. You know that I was pretty nervous about. It. I actually have a funny story because my watch set uh, um, alarm went off on my watch saying your heart rate is over 120 and you're standing still. There's something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so my heart rate was apparently going pretty high as we were headed into the debate. So I yeah. thought that kind of funny. And I know you made a <laughs> I know you made a joke about Mitch's signs, and uh, I was like Mitch's signs. So I went and looked, and I'm like Mitch's signs aren't anywhere. But I I will admit I I uh, somebody here wanted some Mitch's signs, so I texted Mitch one day and I said, Hey, do you have signs? And uh, and I I I know where Mitch lives, so I went and picked up signs. So there were some signs at some point in in the. I don't know if they're still laying around somewhere. I guess I don't wander around the building all that much. But, yeah, that, at some point there were a couple of uh, lone Mitch's signs. But you're more than welcome to throw some Vicky signs in here if people want to take Vicky signs. <laughs> I just laid them out, and I'm like, hey, take some signs. Um, 
But uh, yeah, you made that joke. I, I, I will say too, I, I got an email. So, you know, we talk about having all these debates. I, I you know, like you're, you're at like nine or 10 debates and it, it, you, you get these same questions and I'm, I'm always torn. Do we ask you the same-ish questions? Try to change it up a little bit. Um, but, but also the audience is different. So that maybe they want to hear these answers. And then I tried to, I tried to pawn off my questions. I asked uh, a lot of our state reps and, and, and leaders in the town. And you heard, I, I asked Monica Cruz's question about uh, legacy projects, but in, in doing that, I think you, you get these new questions. It would it be easier if we just gave you the questions right before the debate or I went, you know, before I asked my question, I went and handed it to you so you could read the question as I'm reading it to you because maybe you just kind of forget what the whole point of the question was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that does happen. In fact, um, you know, these debates, they, they keep getting added to. So um, Mitch and I had one today. It was at 1 o'clock and it was with UWL and it was, Honestly, uh, the the lightest debate. It was kind of refreshing. I joked at the end that we've gotten to the point where I could basically speak as Mitch and he could speak as me because we know each other's talking points. Yeah. That well <laughs> after so many debates, and he he found that quite funny. So, um, so uh, but that being said, I uh, the question that was asked of us was, you know, how do we reach a new audience? How do we get more people to turn out to vote? And the um, you know, as much as we are all sick of video conferencing, I will call it, um, the benefit of it is there's a lot of organizations that now know how to do it and can then ask really uh, specific questions to their interests and their needs and their um, talking points. So it's created, a, a, you know, what, three to four times the number of debates that were happening back in 2013, the last mayoral contested race so um so that's good it's just um very time consuming a little nerve-wracking as you can tell from my heartbeat uh going but uh well and um, and have you but it's access and have you been on i know you did one at the weber center and i don't know if the optics were the same but you're you're in a you know on a stage there's a light right shining right on you and i talked before the before you came on on how nerve-wracking that would be for me because i mean i'm on a camera right now and i but i don't think about it anymore but this is like people are directly asking you questions and there's a camera in your not in your face but there's a camera right there and a spotlight on you um that would get my heart rate going as well you know it's funny that you say that because the last time my my heart rate on my uh my watch has only gone off twice and that was the first time was during that or before that debate. So there must be something psychological for me about in-person, and I have heard that actually from some of the other people that have run of. It's so different being doing a debate on Zoom versus in-person. And um, honestly, I think there's more uh, civility because you're, you're, I mean, you're accountable to the person sitting right next to you. It's just a very different form of engagement, which is pretty what if, interesting. But what? you you have to remember... I come from the TV reporting world, so yeah. lights and cameras are what I'm used to. So that, next time, that honestly, doesn't please me as much. Next time, Vicky, we're going to turn the table so your face you're looking right at each other. How about that? Ooh, <laughs> that might be that weird because then you be extra psychological. Imagine my heart rate then. Well, well, <laughs> and you guys, when when you're answering each other, you know the questions, the other person has facial you know ticks or they're they're reacting to what you say. You know whether it's a hand gesture or just kind of a eye roll or whatever you want to call you know there's there's all kinds of gestures so you would feed maybe you would feed off that a little bit i don't know i think i'm onto something here 
Yeah, that would throw things off quite a bit. I'll admit to that. You know, it was funny because I, I i hope he doesn't mind this. I texted Mitch after the debate and said, hey, thanks for the fist bump. He gave a fist bump to uh, to my husband and Sam, who was there. And um, and I said, thank you. I was still in de- defense mode. So you just get this um, way about you of I'm ready. I'm going to be attacked. And so it, it's awkward. And, and Mitch admitted that this is just awkward. Here you're debating someone and you don't know how to act when you're in the same room together. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just it's interesting. And debate is it's not something I've ever really been exposed to. So uh, it's just not a natural thing to do anyway. Yeah, it's a Most little of the time you're coming together. You're having a conversation you're trying to find a happy middle ground and this is very different from that well and i would say maybe the media is poking and prodding to find your differences and then and then trying to get reactions out of that i will say if we started the debate with your closing comments uh that would have been a great place to start because you closed your comments and i'm like can we not can we keep going can we keep mitch do you want to <laughs> react to what vicky just said and we're like are we done that was the best part and then that was it. We were done. I was like, that was, and maybe we'll play some of that comment afterwards. But I do have a couple of people calling in. So, Vicki, I want to get to yeah. these before I make them wait forever as we ramble. Um, uh, Main Street guy's calling in. Main Street guy, go ahead. You're on the air. Hello. Hi, Vicki. How are you? You did great Hello. last night. I'm. Thank you. Uh, I'm really pleased with your campaign so far. I think the message of in the line on property taxes, uh, keeping our streets safe, and having a vibrant business community is a really great, simple message. Um, there's a couple things about what goes on uh, in City Hall that is a little disturbing to me. Uh, the first one is kind of the uh, fortress lacrosse, you know, uh, policies, the uh, anti-urban sprawl measures that I see all over the place. And I'm a lacrosse resident, and me and my family are committed to the city and staying here. But I find that a little disturbing. And some of the some of the things that you know, like Cass Street, we were just talking about the the bike lanes and the bump outs, and it just seems like non-integrated uh, policies going on down there. I'm wondering how we can make some sense out of that. Yeah, I will tell you, those darn bump outs are such a hot topic. I don't know anyone who thinks that that is a great idea. So. I don't know if there was some funding to make that happen. Obviously, many of us can figure out the intention, which is to um, to keep pedestrians walking through safe. I will tell you, I was doing a little grumbling this morning when I was trying to uh, pass the Aquinas turns, and I couldn't get past the three cars that were sitting there waiting to cross traffic. So, you know, I think it's um, important to, to get to your point of, so what's happening at City Hall and how is there a disconnect there? I think um, having communication in terms of what is the intention here, obviously it's walkability, but we've essentially eliminated the ability for bikes to go through that particular area. Um, I've I've encountered the same thing as I go door-to-door with people complaining about the the roundabouts used to calm traffic, and, um, you know, some of these have, have reasons for them. Here's my number one comment. The neighborhood associations are great communication tools on this. So the neighborhood associations, if people aren't subscribed to the, their communication, that's a great way to be in the know of what's happening in these areas and providing that feedback at the grassroots level. But 
Second of all, the other thing that I have concerns with that we have to figure out is during COVID, um, the city hall that's been closed um, instituted some security measures where now uh, it will be a quote-unquote one-stop shop in the lobby. You won't be able to easily get upstairs to meetings without um, escorts. And so that changes how we function as city hall pretty significantly as well. And it will be um, really interesting to see how how that impacts the public's perceptions and access to City Hall as well. All right. Thanks, Mr. Guy, for the call. I'm, a couple more people calling in here, Vicki. So let me just yeah. take um, caller. Who is this? Oh, hi. This Sandy. Um, Vicki, I would like to ask you something. Go ahead. You're of on course. the air. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you for taking my call. Yes, um, I live in the Shotco Mormon Cooley Road area, and I'm extremely concerned about all these businesses and entertainment that is leaving our area. South Lanes is now nothing. Shopco and Radio Shack are closed. I'm really concerned about what's going to happen here, and I don't want to see our neighborhood leave us. I was wondering if you have anything in mind that we might be putting in place of these places that are going out of business business to liven up our area and make sure we have entertainment and and uh, exciting shopping areas and different things going on yeah i can tell you down on the south end when i went door to door that was a that was a hot topic for the people living down there saying when are we going to start to get some things here down on the south end we uh we want things to do here it is concerning um, there before the pan- so I feel like we talk about before the pandemic as if it were years and years ago. But B- I BTP. do know that uh, the planning department was working with a organization called the Cross Area Development Corporation (LADCO). They are um, supposed to be working on attracting businesses to our area, helping our businesses expand. They were really um, queued up to work on the shop goes. My belief is we're not the only community with some of these bigger box stores that have gone out of business and being able to have communication with other communities as to how they're filling them would be really important. I know a lot of people involved in the uh, very debated Kmart location said, why don't they look at Shopco? There, that would make a lot more sense and um, doesn't have quite the same impact as where Kmart is. So. We do need to be talking to um, uh, to other communities on how we can fill some of these uh, stores. The big idea, of course, is trying to break those up into smaller, multiple-use components. Here's the one thing that I'm going to point out. The pandemic has been really rough on our small businesses. What has also been happening very quietly is new businesses have been starting up. And I will tell you, this was a talking point that I've had for several years. Our area is not very good at fostering startups. So we really need to be engaging. I don't think it's uh, the city has a role in it, but there's some other organizations in town that could really be helping um, create a culture for entrepreneurs and and helping more businesses start up. That's how we're going to start to fill some of these smaller spaces. And if we can break up some of the large spaces into small, we found the perfect uh, formula there. All right. Thanks for the call. That's Vicki Markison. I'm Rick Solom. This is Lacrosse Talk PM. we got to take a quick, well, semi-long break for Scott's comment. Brad's got his new news, and then Vicki will return with us uh, after this. 
All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Lacrosse mayoral candidate Vicki Markison's joining us for the rest of the hour, most of the rest of the hour. And uh, if you have questions, give us a call, shoot us a text. Uh, I, I want to get in. Vicki, I want to get to Mike's question that uh, he texts before the show. Uh, but before I do that, we were talking about how you guys have gone, uh, you know, debate after debate. But you're also doing other stuff. You're knocking on doors. And I will admit to you, somebody sent me a video of you walking mm-hmm. through somebody's lawn in spring in your heels. I think you were in heels now that I think about it. Uh, and they were pretty uh, pissed. They were pretty pissed that you were messing up their grass, Vicky. What are you doing? <laughs> you know, okay, first and foremost, I'm smarter than to go door-to-door in heels. No, okay. no heels. I'll have to re- I- I'm already going seven and a half miles uh, sometimes. So <laughs> I'm going back to the video. Let me go. Was, I'm going to go back I, to the video. I kid you not, there's one day that I'm going, hey, there's no snow. I'll just cut from door-to-door-to-door. To door to door. And those darn ring doorbells, they are, they're like my blessing and my curse. So, yes, I did tread across some yards on the south side. Um, and I won't do that. I, there's one day I, I, I won't do that again. But I would love to see the video. I think it's probably pretty funny because there were some, some areas that were a little icy. So I can imagine how comical some of those ring doorbells are. I also didn't realize that they capture you when you're not ringing the doorbell. So that's also good to know. (laughs) Looking at the video, I will say I made a mistake. You were not in heels. You're in like flat black shoes. I will say that. Um, I I did ask the guy, too, if I can use the video. So I'll let you know uh, because, you know, obviously you can see the whole neighborhood. So you would know exactly whose uh, video it was. But, yeah, this is the controversy that we need to get to the bottom of. You mayoral candidates think you can walk anywhere you want, ruining people's lawns. Unbelievable. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Squishing the grass as it's trying to come up. And, yeah, that is, you know, that, that those are grounds to not get elected. But, no, <laughs> I respect people's yards. I can, I can learn that lesson and, and go the long way around. That is perfectly, uh, that is a perfectly reasonable request. But I still think it would be hilarious to see the video. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on a more serious note, Mike texted in, and I said, Mike, you can call. But he did text me, and he said, uh, I have toddlers in the car, and they're pretty loud. So I'm like, that would be great radio. But he, he texted in a question. <laughs> Uh, he says, Rick, can you ask Vicki if she has any ideas on how the city can incentivize people to rebuild homes in La Crosse? To rebuild homes. Um, so one of the tools that we have right now is facade improvement grants. So that um, tends to spark positive um, improvements around homes. And so I think there's a statistic out there that I heard from the city that anytime someone on a block improves their house, there's like 10 to 15 percent of other houses that start to improve along the way. So there is a ripple effect of um, improvements. You know, we do have in certain in the neighborhood uh, uh, near Gunderson, we do have La Crosse Promise. And that is a that is uh, making pockets of improvement in La Crosse in terms of incentivizing improvements that are over one hundred and eighty thousand there's also some conversations around how do we take some of our tired housing and allow it to be uh, demolished and uh, not have a pilot in place if it's under a certain dollar amount. So let's say there's a there's a house that's worth less than sixty thousand dollars, and um, somebody really should tear it down, but they don't want to sit there and pay. So pilot is 
basically you continue to pay the property tax value as if that that house were there. And it can be a disincentive to uh, cleaning up some of the properties that are in neighborhoods. Um, so, uh, like I said, La Crosse Promise, it's, it's making headway down by Gunderson. It would be fantastic to see improvements, but we also have Habitat for Humanity that we can't forget about. And every time a, a new house goes up, it does have that ripple effect around it. So, what you're hearing me say is there are some interesting programs in some of our nonprofits that can help spark some of that redevelopment. Now, when you say ripple effect, because one person on the block starts, is this like the dads and Christmas lights? Like the one, one the one neighbor's <laughs> got a thousand Christmas lights and then the, the oh, I got to get, and then I've got to get 10,000 Christmas lights. And it just, that's the ripple effect. We're doing that with homes too. It's the one up, the one upmanship. You got to, <laughs> you always got to go bigger, go home. Yeah, um, yeah. Maybe there's a there's an avenue here for the city to at least like better inform people. I guess you know, hey, get on the Facebook page. Hey, there's if you want to help, you know, uh, get your home up to up, you know, upkeep your home or whatever. uh, You know, these are some of the programs that are that are out there. I guess uh, you could also Google that. But um, yeah, people might just not even know these things exist. Yeah, and even going back to the neighborhood associations, and I know I'm forgetting Cooley Cap in there too. Cooley Cap does have some programs for um, for home improvements as well. So those programs do exist, and um, there's so much information that people don't realize and resources that are available. Trying to get it all through to the people that need and want it is um, important. And again, I'm going back to the neighborhood associations. They're they're a great uh, connection point for people. It's your neighbors helping neighbors and trying to make the area better and uh, telling the city how to what what's needed to make the their street their neighborhood that much stronger. We're talking with Vicky Marcuson. We're 13 days away from the voting day, April 6th. Uh, Joe's calling in. Joe, go go ahead. I think it's funny that you know doing something as serious as running for mayor, you can still draw the ire of some curmudgeon for walking on his lawn. I mean, it's not like you guys were out there playing tag on it, uh, you know. But uh, a couple of things I would just like to get your opinion on. Uh, should Hiawatha have stayed or should he have gone? And if you pick gone, were you persuaded by the few bullies that wanted him out of there? Or what was your decision on that? Uh, the other thing is, what grade would you give lacrosse police officers in being able to uh, apply the law equally across all races in the area. Wow, way to ask some really simple ones. Um, <laughs> you have one so minute I each. I can tell how you want me to weigh in on Hiawatha just by the way you worded that. You know, Hiawatha is a tough one. Um, I fully recognize the, the, the individuals in our community that, that, that were taught um, by the artist, it was actually that statue was built about a half a block away from my house, actually. And they know the love of the teacher that created that. Um, and unfortunately, over time, the perceptions have changed. And um, it is the, the, the love and respect that the, that the students have for that um, statue and what it represented and the teacher that it represented um, carry on. But the... The concerns of those who see it as a um, as something that sets us back as a community is certainly understood as well. Um, I will tell, and, and so here's what's also interesting: it is a educational. It, it was a educational tool. My kids, of course, grew up sliding down the base of Hiawatha. Um, they see it 
not, of course, from the same perspective. They see it as a part of lacrosse, and it created an opportunity to talk about why it is controversial because they, of course, did not understand that. So it, it is an educational tool. Um, what's really interesting about it is Originally, um, when it was built, there was a wooden sign that explained the history of this area. And again, we lost that educational piece. I don't know why it came down. So um, it's unfortunate. I, I will say that it, I think some of the animosity that people have of it coming down is that it happened in the middle of COVID. And so it um, felt like it did not get its full um, discussion and the full options. And I think it's worth a conversation to say, okay, it's, it's down now, right? So it's not going to go back up in that location. And so how, um, what happens to it? Where is it? What happens to it, I think, is another conversation. It sounds like, Vicki, it sounds like your kids uh, are the reason why the base of it was so distraught and had to come down because we, uh, but seriously, like this, the part of this is the city didn't uh, did do any upkeep on it. And then and it just got it was going to be, it was going to cost, a, you know, probably a couple thousand, or if not $50,000 to fix. Yeah. Uh, so, there, you know, you can kind of point to the lacrosse center too. And we, uh, I, I believe there were, there was upkeep in the lacrosse center, electrical and, and roof and seal, whatever, all that stuff. Uh, we, we kind of negated that for, you know, years and years. And then all of a sudden we put all that into one lump sum and, and make it a $42 million thing. Uh, Hiawatha a little bit comparable there in the fact that the city just, you know, didn't do its due diligence to uh, retain that piece of art? I mean, it does cost, I think the last time it was repainted, it was like $40,000. So there is a, there's a cost to maintain it. Um, honestly, I think there was, was probably some private fundraising that could have happened to make, to make that possible without it being on the, on the city bill. But, you know, the, we, we've hit an interesting time and I think most people would agree with this, that there are voices that want to be heard you know, of course, they're always going to be the minority voice. That's the point. They are a minority, and that doesn't um, mean that they they should not be heard. Um, I think it is a greater a greater conversation in our community of of how we allow them to speak with respect, how we understand how they are feeling, and um, figure out that pathway moving forward. Yeah, um, I, I'm going to get to before we jump into the the water on Joe's other question. There is a caller waiting and, and there are some other things to bring up in that regard too. Um, but I just want to get to this call before I'm making wait yep, forever. Go ahead. Uh, caller, who is this? This is Terry. Hey Terry, you're on the air with Vicki. If you got a question for her. Hi Vicki. Great debate. Um, and great conversation tonight. I got a question kind of follow up on his question is I would, I would like to know what you are going to do to protect our great police officers from what I have perceived was some injustice in the con- t- constant having to look over their shoulder to see if somebody is going to question what they're doing. It, when you do that, you take down the authority, you take down the trust, you take down the respect, and you take down our protection. Um, I want somebody who's going to stand up for the police department, and if a police officer does wrong, go after that police officer, not the whole department. Yes, and thank you, because I did not answer the second part of the uh, prior caller's question, so thank you for that. So here's, here's my route. I cannot, I cannot deny it. My, my father-in-law is a retired Waukesha police detective, and you know, he was able to retire at the age of 53, so um, 
he's very proud of his service as a police officer, as I hope all police officers are at the time that they retire. You know, I was talking to Chief Kudron about, uh, it was the first question I asked him, very first time I met with him, how's morale? And he said, you know, we're, it's, it's it's low right now and you know the police department goes from being hailed at one point for protecting us to being beat on for um for some actions that sometimes happen outside of our area obviously we've had recent a recent um episode where the police union did not act um professionally to be honest i think even uh chief kudron would admit that i think they probably see the error in their at least i hope they see the error in their ways and they should be held accountable for that but what i also know is we have from from what i am seeing and hearing the finest police force around, um, if not in the state, for sure in the state, if not in the nation. And so we have to be mindful um, that they're doing a great job, and um, we, we really need to instill the respect of our police officers. Now, to do that, it ensures that they're being held accountable, that there is transparency, that there is a voice to constantly improve them. Our police department has the transparency page up, which is also unusual. You can see um, the type of force that they're using. You can see who they're interacting with. Um, That transparency is out there. If there are individuals that feel there needs to be greater accountability or um, are not having a positive experience, that needs to be a communication channel that gets developed. Again, this goes back to leadership. And I've met now twice with Chief Kudron, and I find him, um, he is truly a a servant leader. He wants to serve this community well. He's very innovative. I've heard two of the things that he's um, wanting to implement. He's a believer in uh, trying to keep people out of jail and finding ways to get them resources before they are on a pathway to, um, to, to being in the jail. So I think we have the right leader um, I think we can rally the police officers to understand, you know, we're all in this together of improving the appearance, the communication, um, constantly improving the citizen interaction with the police department and um, really rallying that group so that we can project and have the confidence of of the of the majority. Well, I, I would say of an even greater because I think they have the respect of the majority of the people in La Crosse we can always be working to make that greater. All right. I don't want to, I don't want to bombard you with uh, more police because we only have like two minutes to go, but I, I do want to ask oh, you because you yeah. have, you have three children and I believe one is out of high school. One is going through their senior year. Um, you know, if they were a senior last year and play, you're just thinking back to my sports days in high school, if I would have lost my senior year in sports, man, that would have just been devastating for me. But uh, you know, how, how have your children gone through your, you know, middle school and, and high school and how has that been just the, you know, the, the coming out of COVID, I suppose? Yeah, I'll, I'll speak specifically to my senior because, uh, my 13 year old has a few more years to, to recoup, if you will. But you, know, my senior, he didn't have a prom last year. Uh, we're hoping he's going to have a prom this year. You know, those are memories for some of us. Um, some of us wish they didn't have that memory, but, um, but he's going back April 6th. He'll get about uh, same day as uh, Election Day. How ironic. 
Um, he's going to have one month of soccer. Um, honestly, timing-wise, it, well, it couldn't happen any better. I'll be able to catch a couple games um, before before I become mayor, being optimistic. Um, and so I'm really looking forward to finishing off some memories for this year. Um, it has taken a mental toll on him. I know I don't have much time here, but uh, I'm really looking forward to him interacting with his friends again and feeling a little normal, at least in the five to six weeks he has left. Yeah, and I didn't give you a lot of time. Sorry about that. But I wanted to bring it up because I know uh, as a mom and, you know, we all went through high school. None of us went through a pandemic. So, you know, hey, how, how have you experienced that? Um, but I really appreciate you coming on. And, uh, you know, if we do this in two weeks, you'll be mayor. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> thanks thanks a lot, Vicki, and good luck. All right, see you later. Thank you, bye. All right, one more quick break. All right, just going to quickly wrap up here. Thanks a lot again to Vicki Markison for joining us right after a debate. So we got a lot of Vicki Markison the last two days. And if you want to watch that debate, you go to wisdomnews.com, click that mayor tab or pull down menu, wherever you want to, wherever the mayor thing is, just click on that and it'll take you there. Um, all right, that's going to do it. We'll see you again. We'll talk to you tomorrow.